break a leg. Blog Talk Radio. your host here at Energy Awareness Radio, and thank you, thank you, thank all of you for tuning in this evening. 
I am a Reiki master and certified sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, except when there's a hurricane. We are back after a two-week hiatus due to the effects of Hurricane Sandy, which severely affected the northeast coast of the United States. There are still thousands without power, and we are intending... Everyone is safe, warm, and dry, and if you do not have power yet, we are praying for immediate restoration for all of you. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that is already happening online. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, post it, and we will do our very best to respond to your question on air. As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and can't continue to listen online, Feel free to call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227 and listen via phone or please, if you're driving about, use your Bluetooth. Tonight, I am so excited, honored, and truly filled with joy to have our guest, Lorna Byrne, joining us. An Irish mystic, Lorna has seen and talked to angels since she was a baby. And this is truly a most wondrous gift. She sees angels every day and she sees them physically just as we see people right in front of us. Lorna kept quiet about what she was seeing and hearing until about three years ago, and that's when she wrote the story of her life, Angels in My Hair, followed by Stairways to Heaven. Her newest book, which we will be discussing tonight, is called A Message of Hope from the Angels, and it was just released on November 6th and has already become a bestseller in both Ireland and England. And there is no doubt in my mind that it will be a bestseller here in the United States as well, if it already is not. I mean, I'm sure it probably is at this point. I myself have purchased multiple copies as holiday gifts because I cannot believe how wonderful this book is. The overwhelming reaction of readers to Lorna's writing, regardless of religious belief, is that it gives them hope, reminding them that no matter how alone they might feel, they have a guardian angel by their side. And this is a global response. Lorna Byrne is an international phenomenon. She's been published in over 50 countries, and her work has been translated into 24 languages. She speaks to packed audiences all over the world, and we are so fortunate that she is joining us here tonight from Ireland, where it is already 11 o'clock at night. So let's get on with this show. Lorna, thank you so very much for joining us tonight. How are you being this evening? I'm I'm grand, and it's my pleasure to be talking with you as well and, and all your listeners. Oh, you know, I don't even know where to begin to tell you how much your book affected me. When I picked it up, it fell open to a page, and I started to read. And, and I thought, you know, T, put the book down. You need to read this later. And I quickly finished whatever I was doing that I thought was so important at the time on my computer, and I picked your book up, and it only took three hours to finish the book. I kind of was sorry I got to the end because I really wanted more. <laughs> well, that's, that's nice to hear. <laughs> that's when you know you have a really good book. You want more. And you think, no, I want more. I truly believe that this book will change many people's lives across the world. It It is a must read. It truly is. I think I'd like to start tonight, if you don't mind, with your telling our listeners about the first time you started seeing angels. Um, the first time I started seeing angels, I always say to everyone, uh, you know, the moment I opened my eyes as an infant, because I actually can't remember never seeing angels. And, you know, I see them physically as, as I would now if I was in the studio there with you, wherever you are. 
um, I would see you and you would see me, but I would see your guardian angel as well, um, as physically as I would see yourself. And that is one thing that has been one of the most wonderful messages um, and a huge response to people of all religions and faiths um, around the world and even to those who who don't believe or, or are completely skeptic. Um, the knowledge that, you know, maybe they have a guardian angel, they would say to me, and I would say, yes, you have, I, uh, because I would just smile at them because I would see the guardian angel right there. No matter whether you believe or not or what religion you are, you have a guardian angel, and that has given great comfort to millions of people all around the world. Yeah, I don't think that angels are really for one set religion. I think most religions do believe in angels, and is that true? I mean, that's what I've always believed. Um, I, I used to believe that as well. I thought actually everybody knew about, you know, that they had a guardian angel, that, that, that they had a soul, um, you know, and that God is real. And I, I just say to people, God God is real. Um, but I have been quite shocked when I have met so many people, you know, that actually would say, but I'm not a Catholic. I'm, you know, Jewish or I'm Muslim or, or you know, another another faith. Um, do I have a guardian angel? And of course they have. Every single person has. I have never seen anyone in my life, and now I'm traveling right across the world, um, without a guardian angel. That that is just so incredible to me that you can actually see the people's the light of the guardian angel behind everyone, regardless of their religion and. And we all come in with the guardian angel. I think the the most fascinating thing to me about the book was what I learned about guardian the difference between angels and and humans. I mean, we all know, you know, that we're human and they're not. But I did not realize. I guess I just never thought about it that angels do not have souls. No, that 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 is one thing, and I myself never realized people um, didn't didn't know, and that is because it's normal and natural to me. I know no different. In, in that in that way is that people never realized um, that at all. Angels are creatures, and I used to feel very embarrassed saying it, but the angel said, I must, I must tell people um, that angels are creatures created by God. We, you, everyone out there, are more than any angel because you have a soul that is that speck of light of God, and God has given you a guardian angel as a gift and even if you don't believe it's there, I'm afraid you can't throw it away. You know, yeah. even though we often feel like that maybe at times, ignoring it. But your guardian angel is, is right there and it will never, never leave you for one second. So no matter what, you are never, never alone. And the most important job for your guardian angel is to bring you back home. And that is back home to heaven, to bring your soul. Um, and angels love to be in our presence because of that, because each and every one of us have a soul, that speck of light. And to me, I used to be shocked, you know, when I started to realize people didn't know this. I thought they did. You know, I always remember my editor one day when I passed comment and, you know, and I was writing and he was reading stuff um, out to me that I had already um, written and and I I had said to him, Angel feet don't touch the ground and he, he just looked so startled and shocked. He said, Oh no, we never knew that but it never dawned on me that, you know, other people didn't know this 'cause it's it's just like, you know, 
you're walking down the street and the street is packed with people. You see all the people, but how much notice do you take of them? Um, I see all the people, but I see the guardian angel with every single person. And I would see other angels. And I don't always take that much notice unless they attract my attention for some reason. And that's, again, because it's just normal and natural. I wouldn't know what life would be like not seeing them. Right, and that and that it's fascinating for us as a reader to to learn that because we can't imagine looking around and seeing. I mean, I've oftentimes said to people, if you put on special glasses, like if you went to the movies, this planet is packed with spirits. But I didn't realize that, you know, the angels could actually be seen by someone. Um, and I didn't realize that they don't have a soul. That just really struck me as odd because I always thought, for lack of a better word, I know this isn't going to be right, but uh, for lack of a better word, that angels were better than us. They were more important than us because they were closer to the, you know, they're in the angelic realm and that just holds a lot of weight for the physical world. Um, I, I know a lot of people, you know, kind of um, thought and under, understood that, but they don't have a soul. We are actually more than an angel. But yet angels are extremely important because they they serve God. But yes. It's it's so important for them and for the guardian angel to bring back home that one soul which is you know, that your guardian angel um is, is protecting you yourself. Um so and it I, makes sense because we're a piece of God. That's right, sure. That I always say, you know, it's you know, that little little speck of light. But that little speck of light fills every part of your human body. So it is quite big. It is bigger than, than what I'm actually saying. But yet in comparison to God, it is only a speck. That's the only way I can describe it to you. Right. No, and that makes sense to me, you know, and that's why their job is so important. I, I just didn't know. It really took me off guard when when you were explaining how their most important job is to retrieve your soul and bring it back to heaven. And I thought, wow that's why they're protecting us and that's why they're with us and, and by our side all the time so that they can take care of us. And we are allowed to ask our angels for help. And I do this a lot and people laugh at me because sometimes I'll say, I don't know, I think my angels are on vacation. You know, and specifically I'm just talking about my guardian angel. I did not realize that there were other, you know, angels that you could call upon. Yes, it, it is like, you know, when you need help and you, you ask your guardian angel or, or even if you call on God to give you a helping hand, um, it is at times, at different times, different angels are allowed in, in and around you to give you a helping hand and even the soul of a loved one. And I suppose for us to understand that um, you feel the presence of the soul of a loved one more than you would any angel because because they lived you know, sometimes when I would be going through the college um, in Maynooth or, or maybe in Dublin, you know, anywhere I am, even over in, in Washington when I was over there last year and and seeing all of the students. And sometimes I would see with some students what I call, I just give them this name, um, teacher angels, um, because mm-hmm. they, if there was a student, they would usually have a book in their hand or you know, a board and and a pen, you know, or sometimes even a ruler, they always would hold something that would represent what what way they're helping the person. And just to see them at times, you know, trying to get the student's attention, you know, and on occasions it would look very, very funny. 
sometimes when an angel would help, I would say would help, you know, um, a book to fall or a little breeze to, to blow just to try and get the student's attention. You see, we have to listen. We have to we have to respond. But it is great at times when I would see, you know, something like that happen and the student pick up the book or or start to read, you know, the particular page or, or start to write what I could see that the angel wanted them to pay attention to. Um, or even sometimes, you know, just watching a teacher angel constantly whispering to a student to um, go back and study instead of, what would you say, socializing, <laughs> you know, yes. very, which is very important as well. And I suppose it's good to remember that angels are, they can be very serious, you know, wanting you to do the right thing, but they are good-humored as well. And that's, and that's an important thing to remember because loads of times I would see them mimicking somebody or even a time when I was feeling down in myself or even anyone else feeling down in, in themselves, just watching the angels. And I know I have written about it in, in A Message of Hope from the Angels. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they encouraging or holding lights in front of people, doing all kinds of things, you know, to give to give a, a helping hand. I think that sometimes, and, and I understand that because sometimes something will happen and I'll think, okay, I, I get that you want my attention. You know, <laughs> didn't realize I was talking to angels, thought I was just talking to a spirit of some sort and said, okay, I, you got my attention, what am I supposed to do with this? And I would think about it. But then there are other times where I feel like I'm asking a question, I don't know what to do, and so I ask, you know, Please tell me what to do to serve the higher good. I'm unsure. And I even say please, and I'm polite. But they don't answer me. <laughs> they they just don't come right out and give you the answer. And yet in your book, they would tell you stuff about a couple that you'd see with ba- a baby or something and say, well, well this is going to happen or this will be, it, they'll be okay. And I'm thinking, they're telling her, how come they're not going direct? <laughs> well, I, I, I suppose you, you have to remember one thing about the guardian angel or, or any angel is that um, they can't overstep um, that free will. They can only mm-hmm. guide us. And sometimes I I can understand when, you know, a guardian angel opens up behind someone and tells me something and asks me to pray, um, why they're not telling the person that. You know, sometimes it can be where, you know, it'll just be sad sometimes when I talk talk about it, but, you know, when you see a parent and you're being told that a a child is, is going to become ill, but, you know, if, if you go up to a parent and you say, listen, your child is going to become ill in a year or two, you know, mm-hmm. everyone stops living life. You don't, you, so right. you don't do that. Right. You know, those, those few years of good times are very important. You don't put a dampener on it. You know, and, and it's, go ahead. And it's interesting when you when you bring that up because you talk about babies and the reasons they come in, and so many people have questions regarding why things happen to children. And, and a lot of people feel like it's not meant to happen and it's wrong. And I agree, it, a lot of things that happen to kids is wrong. We, children should be left alone. But in your book, you explain that babies come in knowing if they're going to be here for a short while, a long while, if they're going to be a miscarriage or perhaps part of an abortion, or or if they're going to have a disease and pass on early. 
correct? Yes. yes, that that is right. And I suppose one thing that every mother should remember and every father is that that your little baby um, chose you to be its parent, to be its mother, mm-hmm. and loves you unconditionally. Even if a mother is only pregnant for a couple of weeks or a few months and, and miscarries, or even if, if um, a baby only lives for a short time, remember it chose you. And that's very, very important, and it loves you unconditionally. That is like the time when, you know, when I was a tiny child, you know, and I used to play with my baby brother. And and I say my baby brother is because at times he was an infant in my mom's arms, and mm-hmm. other times he was my age and even older. But you have to remember, I was a tiny child myself, so I didn't understand, you know, at at the time mm-hmm. until maybe I was about two and a half and I was playing in front of the fire with him and it was like as if his hand went into mine or mine went into his and they just all sparkled and that's when the angels told me I must keep this a secret and that my little brother was a soul and they were angels mm-hmm. you know and he loved my mother so so much you know myself as a child wouldn't have realized that she was grieving the loss of him Right. You know, right. because I, I was so I was so young. Um and when I had written the book Angels in My Hair and my mom, you know, had read those two chapters about my brother, she was she says, you know, that is the first time, you know, anyone has ever talked about him. I, you know, in Ireland you weren't allowed to at that time. You know, oh. talk about a baby that might have only lived for ten weeks. Yes. If your child died, it was just taken away. Um, but a message of hope is just full of so many so many messages to help people right across the world. And I suppose one of the biggest messages in there is that being a parent is the most important job in the world. Yes. Um, and that is something that, you know, I'm hearing from parents all over the world now where the book has come out. And they're saying that has meant so much to them. You know, it's absolutely great. I, have you ever found out, or have the angels ever spoken to you and told you why a baby may come in for a short time? Is it to teach a lesson to the parents? Um, no, I never told anything, nev- nev- you know, bad or, or negative. You know, why a little soul um, chooses just to come for a short time, I, I don't really know. I've never never actually been, been told um, the way we would love the answer. You know, but yet I would meet lots of children who who are only here for a short time, you know, and sometimes they would say to me, you know, Lorna, I've been trying to tell Dad, Mom, you know, that my guardian angel is going to take me to heaven soon. Because they, you have to remember, children have only come from heaven. Right. You know, and when they do become ill, you know, they do get closer to God. Right. Much, much quicker than us adults would, you know, because we question so, so much. And so yeah. the child would say to me, Lorna, would you tell my dad, Mom, and I would be given out to God and the child's guardian angel at the same time, you know, because I'd say, oh, God, I don't want to do this. You know, what uh-huh. What can I say to them? Because you have to be so gentle and so kind. And, yeah. 
you know, you would, you would kind of bring it in a roundabout way, and then suddenly the parents would say, we have we have heard our son, and, and I would say to them, you know, this is the time when you need to spend every moment with your child. Right. You know, um, and it is very sad, and one doesn't know why a child is here just for such a short time, but it's not to punish parents or to teach us a lesson. We have to remember we are human. Mm-hmm. We are flesh and blood. Um, but we have a soul that will live forever, that never, never dies. So your child actually never, never dies. It is only our body that dies and rots away in the ground. But everyone will meet all those they loved before. And that's what every parent or every husband or every wife or every son or daughter should remember. Right. You know, that no no one dies, and I, I can't prove that to people. I only can tell you what, you know, God and the angels have allowed me to see and to hear every single day of my life, and, you know, that's what I'm doing, and that's what a message of hope is full of from the angels. Is I always remember, you know, the day, you know, the angel Michael said to me, Lorna, you know, you've got to start writing a third book, and you know, I wasn't even thinking of it. I was saying, go away from me. I don't want to write a third book. You know, I've done enough. And he said, no, you you have to. God has said so. And it's got to be about hope. And I hadn't the faintest idea, you know, hope. What am I, what can I say about hope? <laughs> then I was reminded, and of course I was shown the angel of hope again one day when I went out for, for a walk. And that is a very important thing, the angel of hope has been in the world, you know, for a long, long time, has always been there. And the angel of hope is just one angel, but yet other angels would give us hope as well in so many different ways. Um, But I always, the only way I can describe the angel of hope, I see him every day now. Um, He's he's just like a giant. He's like a flame within a flame, and you see a male masculine appearance extremely beautiful but the only thing is he's carrying this beautiful lamp you know torch this flame you know and it always reminds me of the olympic flame you know that torch that yes (laughs) but the most beautiful thing is and i can never figure it out myself um he's like a giant he is absolutely enormous um but he's always turning and beckoning to us to give us hope, to help us to see this light, you know, that light in the darkness, that light of hope. Um, And yet he's always in front of us. And I can't figure that part out. Yet it's like as if he's, you know, a million miles away from you, but yet right in front of you. And I see him every single day. And the last time I was in New York, I saw him. You know, I was up in you know, Times Square, I think you call it. Yeah. You know, in one of the hotels there, I think it could have been on the 20th floor, 24th floor or whatever. And I was just watching all the people down on Times Square and they all looked so tiny and I could see the angels as well walking among them and the guardian angels. And then just some angels with me said, Lorna, look, look across the buildings, the skyline. And I wasn't expecting to see the Angel of Hope that day, you know, at that particular time. And there mm-hmm. I saw his head and shoulders and him moving in and out between the buildings. 
and beckoning to everybody. So I know on that particular day, he was beckoning to everyone to give them hope, um, everyone in New York, but I know he was doing the same for everyone in America, and that is very important to remember. Yes, I think that these times are very challenging across the world, and that's probably why this particular angel is seen every day, because he wants people to have hope, to know that things will will get better, you know. Um, do you ever try to ignore the angels around you? Like, can you put that out of your, you can't just, just not have that. I do try. <laughs> okay. I do, I try. I do. At times I would tell them to go away and leave me alone, but it doesn't work, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, they, they might step back a wee bit. You know, if I want to sit somewhere and say, I want to be alone, I don't want to be pestered or, you know, or shown anything or anything like that, but I'm afraid it doesn't work. It never has worked. Mm. So I would have to smile at that. But in <laughs> Message of Hope for America, um, the book that has, I think it's out a week now in, in America, I've actually put an extra chapter in it about yes. the American Gathering Angels. That was very interesting. That's actually what happened and how I read you. When I got your book and it fell open to a page, it fell open to that chapter. And I started reading it. Yeah. And, and I started reading it, and I was completely, uh, completely taken. And I said, okay, I, I need to stop and read from the beginning because it is the final chapter. And I never heard of, you know, the Angel for America. So you say that the angels have a specific message for America. Would you like to, to speak to that and, and tell us what the special role is that they play in the spiritual evolution of mankind? Well, I will tell you some. I won't be able to tell you everything that's in the chapter right. now, but um, I'll, I'll tell, tell you a little. Um, you know, as, as a child, I used to see these particular angels, um, and it was just when I was when I got older, I was told that they were called the American Gathering Angels, and America is the only country in the world that have that has angels like this, and these are are angels that always give a male appearance. Now I don't see them in huge numbers. You must remember that, and uh-huh. they are dressed in an armor that covers them completely. And they always wear a headband, but they have a crest on their chest as well. I, I can never make out exactly what is on the crest, um, but I do see a blue color within within the crest. Um, and I suppose nowadays, as I got older, you know, any time I saw them, I would feel kind of a little sad because I would know that they are gathering people to bring them to America. Mm-hmm. You know, and people have been gathered from all over all over the world, all religions, um, and be, and have been brought to America. And I'm actually so surprised that, you know, the American people don't realize, you know, what a mix they are, and that they have been gathered from everywhere, and that Americans are the new race. You know, to me that is fascinating because this is what the angels have told me. Um, mm-hmm. And you are gathered from every single country, every religion. And I always remember the first time I went to America and it was after my husband Joe died. And it was over to my sister and I remember being so astonished. 
you know, arriving there. And I gave out to the angels for not preparing me really well enough. And because, how can I say it, there is so much energy coming from America. It is so vibrant Mm -hmm. in every single way. Um, But it is not coming from the land. It's actually coming from the American people themselves. Youth are so open spiritually in every single way. Um, You have a, a... a bigger zest for life, you know, you are ready to stand up and, and be counted. And the thing is, you know, one thing the angels have told me, and especially the American gathering angels, is that, you know, America is part of, you know, the evolution of mankind. You know, you have such an important role to play, you know, uh-huh. changing the world and I'd never realized that America, or the American people don't realize that the rest of the world are looking in on America all of the time. And Mm -hmm. always, and hoping that you will come up with the answers, with the solutions. But I know you have a a long way to go yet, but yet not a long way. You know, Hmm. um, so it is actually very um, fascinating for me every time I go over there and I see something something different. And even nowadays, still seeing um, these angels, because now I travel the whole world. You know, I've been in so many, many countries. And everywhere I go, I would come across these American gathering angels. You know, and that that alone is is fascinating. And you know, I just I would just say to the American, I don't want to tell everything that is in the chapter because right. I would like to leave it for the person right. to read themselves and, and discover Absolutely. more about themselves. You know, what mm-hmm. a big, what an enormous role that the American people have to play, and that is every single American. You know, it doesn't matter whether it is the road sweeper. You know, or or the banker, or or, right. or the or the president in in that in that way, um, and at times I would say, you know, American people, you know, you join together, and I know you're mm-hmm. having that storm, you know, that hurricane, and yet yes. I know you're all reaching out, and even though you may have been all split in one sense, but when a disaster comes. You all join together as one, and that's the way I would love you to stay as one. Yes, and we would too. Yes. <laughs> so many. And I think I think there's a real awakening right now. And when I read that chapter, I I, I thought to myself, this makes a lot of sense because this is the melting pot for the world. I and mean, people come here from all over the world, and and it is one huge melting pot of different people that you know for centuries. It is. So it made, it's, yeah, it, it made sense it is to the me. joining we, together mm-hmm. of of, of the whole the whole world. And even though the American Indian has been there before everyone got there, but the American Indian is part of it as well. You know, and they have a special role to to play to play themselves. And I yeah. know at times when I go over to America, you know, I talk with, you know, different religious groups as well as as just people that would say they are of no religion and I, I have to say I always smile when 
when I'm giving a talk and somebody stands up, it could be a rabbi or a minister or or a priest or you know of, of one of one religion, and they say, Lorna, we love the way you talk about angels, and then you bring God nice and quietly into it, and that gives us permission to be here. And the thing is, I always say to to people to remember that you know, even though the books have the word angel on them. They're not just for those who believe in angels, because that is the right. most incredible thing as well. You know, people who would say that, you know, they never believed in angels or never even thought of the word angel or God or would never have picked a book up like that. Um, but yes, people of all religions and none are reading the books, you know, and they're saying to me, you know, from all around the world that it's changing their lives for the better. And I know you must Absolutely. have some questions to ask. Oh no, I, I, I actually, I mean, I, I, I believe that. I know there are skeptics out there, but so many people do believe in angels. Is uh, there seems to be a movement right now where people want so much to to hold on to something, and I think your book provides that in such a wonderful way because it brings. It definitely the name of it is perfect. A message of hope from the angels. It does give you hope. It does allow you to see things. I, I received the book before the hurricane, and I I really believe that it helped me get through. I really do. I think it helped me get through it because I had read it, and I was calling on angels left and right to help help me. You know, in, in a cold cold house where you could see your breath, and you know you have no running water, you have no heat. Uh, it, it was it was difficult, and yet there were people who were way worse off, and your heart was going out to them, and you're asking the angels to go and help them. And specifically, it was interesting because at one point in your book, you mentioned unemployed angels. And apparently, that's not just an issue here in the physical world. I was I was surprised that the in the angelic realm there are angels that are out of work as well. And I laughed because I was never taught to ask angel angels for help. I was told that I had a guardian angel who would protect me, but I was never taught to call upon angels in general for help of any kind. It just wasn't something that was brought to our attention. I was brought up Roman Catholic, and I wonder if that's why perhaps the rate of unemployment is so high in the angelic realm, because people weren't taught to call upon them for assistance. We just weren't, that wasn't brought up here. Well, that's, that, that could be. I've actually never asked so I have to smile, no. and sometimes when I would ask a question because someone else has asked it, um, sometimes I don't get an answer, or or what happens is that, you know, it's like as if that's trivial, not important at the moment, and it could be five well, years okay. later or ten years later, they actually answer the question. Um, but yes, you know, that 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 is very possible why there is so many unemployed angels that and I never realized I'm a Roman Catholic, but I never realized that people didn't ask, you know, the guardian angel to give them a helping hand. Um you have to remember when I was growing up I, I, I can't read or write very well and you might say, How on earth did I manage to write the books? I'm I'm delighted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, the doctors told my parents I was was retarded, so the teachers didn't bother with me. But I had the best teachers in the world, best friends and companions. I had God's angels. They have actually taught me everything I know. Um, So I didn't actually need to to be able to read, but I have to smile. They definitely taught me, yes, you ask for help. You ask your guardian angel to help you. 
or to have other angels in in, in and around you. And I suppose because of that, um, again, I thought everybody knew that. Yeah, no. People didn't know. Yeah, people didn't know. I forget. One of these uh, trivial things. Yeah, because it just was, you know, yes, you have a guardian angel and they're here to protect you and they'll never go away from you. And But I was never told, go ahead and ask your angels for help. And yet, to the contrary, whenever there was a baby in the house and the baby would be seemingly playing and just looking at the air, every time you walked by the bassinet, you'd say, oh, look, the baby's playing with the angels. So that was acceptable. The baby was playing with the angels, but then after about yeah. six months old, it was kind of like, well, the angels aren't playing with the baby anymore because the baby has people to play with. And that's sad because, you know, I've, I've read so many books over the past four years and I forget how, which book it was, but one of them I read said, you know, yeah, you can ask your angels for help. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try this. So now I ask for help with everything. I mean, I was trying to get stickers off of 150 jars of candles, and they wouldn't come off. And I said, okay, where's the sticker angel? There's got to be a sticker angel to help me with this because this is driving me crazy. And the next thing you know, the angel, the, the stickers just started peeling off. And I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, well, you know, there, there seems to be an angel for everything. <laughs> well, it, once you ask for help, you know, the angels will give you a helping hand. And and once you, you listen, and I have to say, you know, just listening to you there, and then you say thanks, that is very yeah. important as well. You know, I think one should always say thanks. Um, yeah. Because I know you have Thanksgiving coming up as well, and that is a very important day. Yep, and, and the theme song of the show is thank you, you know, so that yeah. plays at the very beginning because yes it's so important to say thank you because you can't not say thank you 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 must it's it's extremely important a part of our life it's interesting that you said you just said something a few minutes ago that we need to listen sometimes i wonder when i ask a question and i do not hear the answer what is it that we might be doing that prevents us from hearing their guidance even though we ask for it because i think we block it um, I, I suppose um, so many things can 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 happen. It can be that you yourself is is blocking it. You actually hear it, um, but you're actually in denial of the answer you've been given because you don't agree with it because you want okay. the complete opposite. Um, but I, I I would say to you, you know, just remember that your guardian angel or any angel will never ask you to do anything wrong, will never ask you to be mean or selfish or, or hurt anyone in, in that way or to steal or, you know, to do anything wrong. So right. if you're getting a guilty feeling about something, you know, that you're thinking of doing, well, that is your guidance being given, that what you're thinking mm-hmm. of you're doing is, is wrong, you know, to... But he- to look and see, is there another way to do it that wouldn't hurt right. anyone? Right. But not even in that instance. In an instance of, of, like, there are so many people that are out of work and they're looking for a, a particular job or something. And I, I think that a lot of people are probably just so stressed out that they don't hear or feel the guidance they're being given by their angels, even though they're asking for it. They just, they don't, for some reason, they're not following that direction that they're giving, I believe they're getting the direction. I just believe that they're probably like blocking it somehow. Maybe it just has to do with stress. 
Well, it does have to do with stress as well, and especially like I have met so so many people, men and women that that are unemployed or or parents, a father who is, who has lost his job, and you know sometimes I I would I would be in a state of shock myself, you know, because the angels would be telling me that would be with the person, that this person needs hope and you know needs a job, and I would be saying, but. I can't give them a job. What can I do? How can I give them hope? You know, and right. you 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 have to give them hope. I would be told to tell them to ask their guardian angel to help them and to help them to listen and that there is hope and to go after every job possible that crosses their mind, even if it's not the job that you that you want. You know, so mm-hmm. many times we turn away things and not to give up. You have to remember the angel of hope is in the world um, so much um, at this time, so constantly, because when I was younger, I only saw the angel of hope the odd time. Now I'm seeing the angel of hope every single day. And you have to remember, you know, we all need hope. The world needs hope. We can't live without hope because if if we give up on hope, you know, we lose our courage or strength we lose our quality of life, our dignity, we lose everything. So we have to keep hope there. We have to allow ourselves to see the angel of hope in front of us, to know that that light is there and that we can do it, you know, because hope gives us the stre- back the strength and the courage we need, and hope makes what what seems impossible possible. And I am thankful that, that there is loads of hope there. So even if you're unemployed, don't give up. You cannot give up. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving up on the world. Right. You know, right. Or, and, and or, the on angel, a, or on anybody. And the angels certainly aren't giving up on us, especially no. where you see the angel hope every day that speaks so loudly as to what this world needs. Yes, and and you you have to you have to remember, you know, even you know our governments or our churches, you know, even businesses and all of all all of that, our communities, our councils. I don't know what we what you call them in America, you know, and before they didn't have to, you know, look to the people, you know, for answers, but they don't have the answers now. You know, and they are looking to the ordinary people of the world, which is you and me. So we mm-hmm. have to help them to see hope. And and prayer is very powerful as well for people to pray, even if it's just one word. Yes, so, and you offer prayers in your book, and and they are wonderful because the, the praying to the angels can help in any situation. They can, and uh, uh, one thing that people have forgotten an awful lot is that you know, how powerful prayer is. As I said, you know, some people would say, but I don't have time to go to my church to pray. But you don't need to go to your church to pray. And one thing from from your heart, from your soul, you could be sitting on, on the train or on the bus or you could be, you know, rushing to work and you can still say a prayer and mean it. And you can say the prayer, you know, for yourself because that is important, you know, for your family for your friends, for your community, for your country, for your leaders, that that they see the hope and make the right decisions for everybody. But you say it, you you ask for the world as well, because you have to remember, you in prayer, you know, could, you know, break a boundary, you know, that, you know, somebody 
thinks of an idea or or finds a solution that will actually give jobs and change many lives. Or, you know, your one prayer could save a life somewhere in the world and you don't even know it. That's how powerful right. prayer is. We often say, I have been praying for something, praying for a job, you know, but I haven't got the job yet and you're you're giving out. Um, but you have to remember you've got to play your part too. That's one thing the angels mm-hmm. say. You've got to play your part. You've got to get up. You've got to get out there. You know, you can't give up. See, and you need to feel it. I mean, and you need to you know, and you, yeah. yeah, And you need to feel the gratitude. I think it's Master Eichhardt who says, if the only prayer you ever say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. So, so many people think, well, if I'm going to pray, uh, you know, I need to have a formal prayer. You really don't. You just, I mean, I just talk to my angels. I don't, I don't sit down and, and say, oh, holy one or anything like that. I just say, hey, you guys, this is what I need. What's going on? Can you help me out? Well, and I, I seem I to get the help to, I need. I have to smile at you. Smile. Um, I don't pray to angels. You only pray to God. And okay. And one word, it can be thank you. You know, mm-hmm. you ask the angel for for help, but when you pray yourself and you're praying to God, um, it is the angels of prayer that take your prayer there before it's even uttered. And that's why even one word like thank you or help, you know, yes. when you say it with meaning, you know, it 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 is it is so powerful, and and we forget. Yes. The, the the word help is extremely powerful when it is soulful and it is put yeah. forth with such feeling. It, you just can't say, oh, help, and it's not the same. You have to feel it and mean it, and the intention needs to be duly behind it. And, and I know? know at the moment that intention and, you know, all that devotion is behind billions of those words, help now. At, at the moment, and people looking for jobs and and looking for for healing for for those that are sick, but sometimes even you know the healing doesn't come in the way we want, but it comes right. in in the way that that we become peaceful about it. Yes, and we get yeah, more understanding. Yeah, we don't always get our prayers answered the way that we want them, but they're answered for the highest and best interest of everybody involved, and sometimes that's. That can be a little disillusioning, but it's the way it has to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. You offer some, it is hard. It is hard. Okay. Yeah, it really is. You, have, you offer an off, uh, quite a few prayers in the book if people want to read them. You know, when you get the book and you can, you can read these prayers, one of them really, I, I think, is fabulous. It's a prayer for forgiveness that have hurt me. And I think this works for those who have hurt me as well as for yourself. And, and the prayer is very simple. It's, Dear God, please forgive those that have hurt me because I forgive them. Amen. That's powerful. That is an extremely um, powerful prayer. And I know maybe people wouldn't think so because it's so short. Um, but it, it is extremely powerful. And I'm so glad you brought that one up. Um, uh, it was my favorite. Well, um, please God, a lot of people will allow, you know, love to conquer hate, you know, mm-hmm. or bitterness or, you know, revenge in, in their heart, you know, that no, that no matter what has happened to, to ask, you know, God that to please forgive those those that have hurt me because I forgive them. It is extremely powerful prayer. Amen. 
Yes, and it it's not just it's funny because when you read that prayer and it says it's a prayer for forgiveness for those who have hurt me, you think you're you're praying for those who have hurt you only, but it actually has come back and back to you almost tenfold because right. you're you're saying, you know that that you forgive them. Yes, yes, you know it's beautiful. Uh, well, I, I, I'm delighted you, you, you brought that prayer up. It's the first time anyone has brought it up, and I was saying to, saying to God the other day, I don't think anyone has understood that prayer yet, and yet you have. No. It, so that's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> no, when I got to that, I was like, wow, I love this prayer. This is so cool. It's very, very powerful. It really struck me because it's for them and for you as well as the person saying it. Yes. It, it, yes. You know, it, it serves so many purposes it just covers everything and i just thought it was beautiful so i thank you for that <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome is there any do you have any story that really um moves you the most i mean you've seen angels all your life so this is a difficult question but is there any story that you'd like to share that really struck you when you saw angels God, I think uh, every day it, it strikes me when the angels bring my attention to to, to something. Um, I suppose maybe, you know, something that's not in the book, you know, was, you know, the other day when I was actually in Dublin, you know, and the guardian angel be behind a young man in, in a wheelchair, you know, who who was so small in the chair and he moving through the crowds and the crowds were packed. And the angels had me walk beside him without him knowing it in one sense and thinking that I was just one of the crowd and um, to help to to clear his way so he he could move move along and just to see his guardian angel taking care of him, you know, and the young man just you know full full of life and and I suppose another one you know that didn't that happened you know not too long ago you know, of the young man in in a restaurant, and this one could be in the book. I had to forget which stories go in. And, you know, because there's, there's absolutely so much, you know, sometimes I, I get chock-blocked um, in that in that way. And, and that was the day I was in a, in a restaurant, and, you know, the angels told me to look over into the corner as I was sipping, sipping my coffee and I'm cutting the story short and to give the young man a smile that was sitting in the corner. And he was kind of, you know, in the darkest part of the restaurant, uh-huh. you know, kind of shaded. And I was looking over at him and gave him a big smile and he looked at me, you know, and he caught me and I said, no, angels, he's after catching me, you know, what am I going to do? <laughs> And, you know, they just said, keep on smiling. So every now and then I'd look up and give him a smile. And he did smile back at me, but I couldn't see him clearly. And the next minute he gets up out of the seat and I said, oh, my God, what are you after doing? He's coming over here, you know. <laughs> and um, the thing what he said to me when he came over, he said, you know, thank you very much. Smiling at me, mm. you know, no one has ever smiled at me. That's and precious. I was actually overwhelmed because of yes. what I saw. You know, I don't know if I actually in, in the book or if the story went fully in 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 anywhere, but 
he he had said no one had ever smiled at him, and the reason why is because you know they always just called him ugly. Mm. You know the little monster. You know horrible names because one side of his face was all disfigured. You know had been badly burned, and don't ask me why. Yeah. You know nothing could have been done with it. Maybe stuff was done with it, and that was the best they could do. And this young man was only about twenty. But ah. just to see his his angels around him and this young man because I smiled at him and he coming over and saying thank you and, and telling me this little bit of his life and he didn't know who I was and he's never read any well, I don't think he's read any of my books. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to see the confidence and the proudness in him and the way he held himself up when he walked out of the, the restaurant so confident it it was it was overwhelming you know in that in that way and you know just to even give someone a smile and you have to remember your guardian angel sees you perfect the world yes. sees you imperfect but your guardian angel sees you as perfect and he was perfect he may have been disfigured but he was perfect and he was very beautiful yeah. So the more I That's... looked at him when he stood at the table, the more beautiful he became. You know, um, I suppose when I see things like that, you know, and the angels show me different things, at times I I do get overwhelmed. But when I'm writing, they remind me of of different things that they had shown me at different times. So that you can then yeah write it all down. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is really sad because we're almost out of time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this hour has gone by very fast. But before we sign off, Lorna, I'd really love you to tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, where they can purchase your book. I know you have a newsletter because I'm a, I am get it all the time from you. I signed up for it. So go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, I, this is the part I'm not very good at. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. All as I know is you can get me on the website, you know, LornaBurn.com, um, and it's L-O-R-N-A, and it's B-Y-O-R-N-E. And um, if you want to, to get the book, A Message of Hope from the Angels, um, in any bookshop now in America, and if they don't have it, they will get it in for you, or you can order it online. And... Um, Already from different parts of the world, I'm hearing how it's it's actually changing people's lives, and especially the the one about being a parent, and the yes. one about um, what what was it called? Um, sometime I must be tired now. That's what's wrong with me. <laughs> the angels, um, love conquers hate, and being being stressed, and of course, you know the the angels that play cupid, but they don't have bows and arrows. And about that. there's so much, so many messages in in the book. I I I, I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> no, and they're all wonderful messages. And you know, you can find out more about Lorna at www.lornaburn l o r n a b as in boy y r n e dot com. And as she said, you can get her book at Amazon dot com or any bookstore. Uh, there are, it is available now. It's out in bookstores. Uh, I I've 
gotten a few copies myself, so go out and get them. This is, I believe this is going to change lives. I really do. This is an amazing, amazing book. I was uh, thrilled to read it. I was sad it was over. I've told people about it, and they've gone out and purchased it, and it's just amazing to me. I I love your work. You did a great job with it, and and Lorna, I I know it's late in Ireland, and I am so very, very grateful to you for taking time to come on the show tonight and, and share these messages of hope with all of us. They're so vitally important at this time. Thank you so very much you're 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 welcome and i'll pray and ask for all of your listeners oh thank you and to to help them in all the ways that 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 they need oh bless you (laughs) bless you for that thank you so much thank you very very much on behalf of everyone Everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show here at Energy Radio. So go ahead and mark your calendar. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantum-wellness-center.com. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Take care. Stay well. And remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so.